Today our guest is Andrew Burns. Previously Andrew was council leader in Edinburgh and he now heads up the board of the Scottish Council for Voluntary Organisations or SCBO. Here we speak to him about the work that they do and in particular what the role of the body is right now. Good afternoon Andrew Burns. Oh hi Phyllis. Good afternoon and lovely to speak to you. You too. Andrew, the, um, in a previous life, the council leader in Edinburgh, and uh, I remember only too well all your media briefings and uh, <laughs> we, monthly uh, monthly get-togethers. And now, Andrew, you're the convener of the Scottish Council for Voluntary Organisations, and you're fronting up almost 40,000 organisations. So... Um, I don't know how you're going to do it, but can you tell us what you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, thanks very much for listening. Mean, it's uh, three years now since I've been on the council, unbelievably. And um, as you say, since January 2018, it was, I've been a convener or chair of the Scottish Council for Voluntary Organisations. So basically, um, I mean, in shorthand, I'm the chair of the board of non-executive trustees who oversee the operations of um, SCVO. And SCVO, as you've indicated, is a sort of national body for all voluntary groups across the whole of Scotland. And there are some, as you've said, 40,000 organisations. And it's my role to make sure with my other 10 board trustee colleagues, there's 11 of us on the board altogether, and it's my job as chair and with my 10 colleagues' input to make sure that the organisation is managed efficiently and is representing the voluntary sector across the whole of Scotland. And that that's never really been uh, more needed than it, than it is right now because um, voluntary organisations are really picking up the slack. And I've been out to see an awful lot of uh, volunteers and charities and uh, different organisations who are literally feeding people uh, during this pandemic. Um, but you're also fronting up the demand to the government to give them give them all some more money as well and yep. uh, so tell me how that works the government is is providing some money and then yep. are you kind of the middleman here or how does that work yeah no i mean i'm more than happy to sort of speak a bit more about that i mean and firstly i would I'd like to sort of welcome the fact that you're recognizing that the voluntary sector in scotland and, and indeed right across the whole of the, the uk i believe has really stepped up to the mark um, in a time of great need for the country and um, voluntary sector workers and vol volunteers have never been more um, busy in many, many areas of the country. And it gives me a, an opportunity to say a, a huge heartfelt thank you to them all. Um, because you, as you've indicated, I mean, literally people would be going without food and without shelter and care if it wasn't for some of the, the voluntary sector workers and volunteers across Scotland right now. And I have to say um, uh, that the Scottish government has been very positive and constructive, in, as you've indicated, in providing initial uh, um, immediate funding for many of the operations that uh, SCVO aren't delivering them all. It's been delivered at a much more local level. But as you've indicated, we're overseeing um, as, a, as a sort of one-stop shop um, all the, the significant funding uh, uh, pots that are available at the moment, several of which have been provided for via the Scottish Government, and I very much welcome that. So the Third Sector Resilience Fund, the Wellbeing Fund, and the Supporting Communities Fund have all come through uh, Scottish Government uh, monies, and um, SCVO has been acting, in effect, as the conduit, the one-stop shop, uh, to help get those funds out to as low a possible level, as you know, the most appropriate possible level at a local 
at area level to ensure that the, the monies are used as best as possible. And, and that, in this initial phase of the crisis, has been of enormous benefit. And what really um, SEVO is now looking for and is, is, is you know, constructively um, discussing with government um, about is um, moving into that second stage, you know, when we're not necessarily, you know, we're not coming out of the crisis, but we're, we're coming out of the, the peak and we're going into the sort of medium term. And we, and we do need to now think about additional funding requirements and, and how organisations are going to respond to the, the crisis as it as we come, up, come, come beyond the peak and out of the peak, because many of the challenges are only now going to become apparent um, as the furlough scheme comes to an end, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, an awful lot of these uh, volunteers, of course, are people who've maybe been on furlough or, you know, who are, who otherwise um, do have day jobs. That's uh, that's certainly true. And I've met an awful lot of those. How much money are we really talking about? I mean, I know you've mentioned there's various pots of money, but yeah. do, you, do you have a, a sense of how much the overall government funding has been so far? Well, it's very welcome, Phyllis, as I've said, and it's in the tens of millions. I mean, just um, to take one of the specific funds, the wellbeing fund has been um, £50 million in total. So you know, that's not an insignificant sum of money, um, and it's very, very welcome, and, and it has been put to a very, very good use. And, and I think using SCVO, as I've said, you know, uh, as the one-stop shop, shop or the conduit for, for allocating all of these funds, uh, and I would encourage anybody who's listening or, or listens to the podcast who's interested in following any of this up just to have a look at um, the, the the website that um, has all the this information on it so it's just scvo.org.uk forward slash support forward slash coronavirus and there's a whole wealth of information there about the funds that I've mentioned and a whole um, pile of other uh, potential funding routes as well as some uh, lots of practical information so whilst whilst those hundreds of millions of pounds in total have been very welcome um, you know we, we we are now calling for a discussion, and we are having that discussion in a constructive dialogue with government and other bodies, funding bodies, about how we move into the the sort of recovery phase from um, beyond the peak of the, the pandemic. Because you, know, as I've said already, I think when the furlough scheme stops, um, uh, you know, there, there are going to be significant problems in, in the Scottish economy. There's no doubt about that. Nobody would deny it, and we just need to think very carefully about how we support local communities to best um, come through that. We don't want to see a repeat of the 1980s and all of the problems that were, were around at that time. Yeah, exactly. And um, there will be people who will lose their jobs or may already have lost their jobs. That's no, but, certainly but, true. Very uh, sadly so, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be uh, going to be a bit of a challenge um, economically. But the SCVO, you know, isn't... Uh, sorry, I wanted to ask you first of all, actually, does the SCVO then decide on who gets the money? Are you in a decision role or is that middleman role kind of a deciding who gets the money or are you trying to give money to everybody? <laughs> no, there is a decision-making process and SCVO is just acting, as, as I've said, as a sort of one-stop shop for most of the applications and then it's many of the other funding organisations that are involved are, are doing the actual allocation or assessment. So, I mean, I have to say, not everybody who applies does get funding, but you know, there's been some very, very significant awards made. I think um, just in Edinburgh through the Wellbeing Fund, I think I'm right in saying up to date, about 130 organisations just in Edinburgh have received over one and a half million pounds. Um, so that gives you an idea of the sort of scale of it just for the one city in the country. And that's been sort of replicated across the country. But it's organisations like the Cora Foundation, Inspiring Scotland, 
um, the SDV appeal and many others who are actually allocating the funds, but SCV are acting as, a, as I've said, as the one-stop shop to sort of um, put all the information together into one place and and to you know all the applications come in via that portal and then go to the individual organisations I've mentioned, some like the Cora Foundation, Inspire Scotland, to um, uh, you know, assess the applications and um, allocate the funding. That's quite amazing. So you must have quite a lot of people uh, who are actually working at the SCVO then at the moment to to deal with all of that administration but, and presumably all from home as well. And common no, with no absolutely, Phyllis. It, it, it's been I mean, it's been a huge um, you know logistical operation. You, you may know, and some of your listeners may know that SCVO normally in the normal course of events, you know, it's got an office um, uh, facility in Edinburgh. It's got two in Glasgow, and it's got a small facility in Inverness. They're all closed, and, and you know, like yourself, like me, all of the SCVO staff are working from home, um, and uh, you know, there, many of them are working on you know, that that one-stop shop. In, in, you know, it's been a big cooperation exercise as well because they're having to work with those found, um, funding organisations I've mentioned, not just the government, but Cora Foundation, Inspiring Scotland, others. You know, I, I didn't mention First Port Social Investment Scotland. So there's many of them involved in the process, and I think that you know. You know, I would much rather none of this was happening, obviously, but I think one positive that has come out of it is that there's been really good cooperation between the government, the funders and SCVOs, the national body. And we've all managed to you know, cooperate in, in a constructive way to make sure the funding is getting to the most local, most needy places as best as possible and as yeah. quickly as possible. Exactly, because some of this money is really desperately needed for, you know, putting actual meals on people's table. So um, SCVO in the, you know, I really am trying not to use this normal word, but, you know, in nor- yeah. in usual times, um, what would you, what would your role usually be? Is it a similar role or what would you, you know, what else do you do? Well, I mean, it is similar. I mean, there's similar activities ongoing all the time in terms of acting as a sort of funding conduit or, or, or a funding information sort of portal. That sort of type of activity goes on all the time. But in, in addition to, to that, I mean, there's a whole programme of training uh, and support for the wider voluntary sector that SCVO undertakes um, you know, throughout the, the course of, as you said, throughout the course of a normal year. I mean, a lot of that is, has been... Uh, like like uh, you know, uh, m- much of the economy has been sort of transitioned into online delivery, but a lot of it obviously is also not not being able to happen because some elements of training have to be face to face, and that just can't happen at the moment. So there's a lot of training and support for the voluntary sector throughout Scotland that SCVO provides. There's also a lot of practical, just day to day practical support that the organisation provides for bodies across voluntary organisation bodies across Scotland, such as. Um, uh, HR support is provided in many cases, and payroll support is one of the, one of the most popular elements of what SCVO does. Because many many small organisations, and, and that's the vast bulk of the forty thousand organisations, voluntary organisations you mentioned in Scotland, are quite small. Many of them don't have the ability to run a payroll system, um, so SCVO does that on their behalf. Um, yeah. And that, you know, so there's lots of just day to day practical support like that, as well as all the usual lobbying and policy making that goes on uh, you know as for any national body so it's quite a complex group um, but uh, it's had to refocus its activities like a lot of bodies have um, in the, over the course of the last couple of months. 
Yeah, that's true. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about was this no one left behind, which is all about sort of digital stuff. And, you know, we know that uh, there's always been a digital divide in Scotland that people, some people don't have access to computers, to phones, to Wi-Fi, to whatever. And uh, you know, they are being left behind. But SCBO seems to be fronting up something called no one left behind. And you're wanting to train and equip people and um, so is that ongoing at the moment or as is, is it probably much more needed at the moment i imagine yeah, yeah. no i'm glad you've asked me about that first because i mean that, that is ongoing and that's why one element of um a, a sort of inverted commas normal business that we would usually be doing is providing digital support and digital expertise to the voluntary sector um and you know, over the course of the last nine ten years SEVO has been very strong on that so when you know coronavirus happened and the lockdown came into effect in um, late March, obviously, you know, all, almost all of us have had to transition to operating a lot more online. Uh, and again, thank, thanks to um, some Scottish government uh, funding, we've been able to um, op operate this uh, programme called, I think it's Connected Scotland, uh, and um, specific funding is being utilised and again channeled through SCVO to make sure that the people who are furthest from the internet, for want of a better phrase, you know, who have got least um, connectivity are given the opportunity to, to get connected because it's often those um, individuals in those communities who need most support. And in the current situation, if they don't have access to um, digital, digital services, then they really are potentially going to suffer a double whammy. So thanks to the Scottish Government funding and, and that being channeled through uh, SCVO, we're, we're working as hard as we can to make sure that, that, that as much uh, as many people across Scotland who need digital connectivity have got it. Um, now, I'm not going to sit here and claim for a second that we can do that for every single person who's got an issue, but we're, we're doing our best to make sure that we spread the connectivity um, as, as widely as possible. That's great. And uh, so lots and lots of uh, great work. And there's DigiListen podcasts as well. And That's right. They're proving very, very popular at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose with everybody being at home, you know, it's uh, it's a time for uh, for accessing all these things. So what about you personally then, Andrew? Although you're extremely busy, um, I'm sure with SCVO, I'm sure it's taking up an awful lot more of your time than it might otherwise at this stage. How has your lockdown been and how have you managed to um, keep going? Well, well um, actually, you know, it's different for everybody, isn't it? And I absolutely mm -hmm. recognise, Phyllis, that for some people it's not been you know, a good experience at all. You know, I, I totally understand and get that. I mean, I mean, in some ways I've been very fortunate. You know, I, I, I live in, in close to the city centre, but I'm very close to the Union Canal and Harrison Park in Shandon. So I've got access to sort of green space and um, your know, water space and uh, you'll plant a good fresh air. And uh, you know, I know that's not the case for people that are in the shielded category and for people who are in much more difficult housing situations than I am. So, I, you know, I've, I've managed the process of lockdown. Or much, like, like I said in one of my answers earlier, I would much rather I wasn't having to manage it. But I've managed it. I've managed it. But um, uh, I know there's a, a lot of people in a, a lot worse situations than I am. I mean, because as well, you know, in, in addition to the SEVO role, I'm also, you know, on the Accounts Commission for Scotland, and I'm also doing a part-time PhD at the University of Edinburgh, and all those things have just transitioned to being online. So, you know, I'm, you know, as, as you've indicated, I'm still fairly busy uh, with all all those roles. 
And of course, your allotment is getting a little bit more attention than it might have uh, all, all the time. I was just there this morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrific. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for telling us about the role of SCVO in, uh, you know, in normal times and also during this pandemic. And it seems that you're doing good things. And is there a new round of funding which organisations can now apply for? Is that... Uh, you know is there still funding available oh, yeah. no no definitely and you know thanks very much uh, to the edinburgh reporter for your interest in the organization phyllis it's much appreciated and i would just encourage everybody who's listening or listens to the podcast you know if, if they've got any you know inclination to apply for funding do just have a look at that website i'll just say it again it's just scvo.org.uk forward slash support forward slash coronavirus um, and funds like the well-being fund that i mentioned the 50 million pound fund are going through different phases so it's it's not to the best of my knowledge, you know that that fund and others are not exhausted yet, and and do look out for other phases. Just look on that website address I've mentioned a couple of times, um, and hopefully you'll be able to um, get some good in indication of what's potentially available. That's super. Thank you so much, Andrew, for speaking with us today. Thanks very much, Phyllis. Thank you. so much for listening to the Edinburgh Report. Listen out for more episodes coming soon and make sure you don't miss any by hitting the subscribe button now. This is one of the platforms where we can help advertise your business to our listeners. Would you like to know more about that? Then email editor at theedinburghreporter.co.uk. And remember, you can subscribe to have our monthly newspaper delivered to you direct. Sign up today on our website www.theedinburghreporter.co.uk Thank you.